The calendar says December. There's different theme music on this podcast. It can only mean one thing. It must be the Christmas season. Now, before we jump into what we're jumping into, let's remember that health and wellness really challenging during the holiday season. So let somebody help you out. And I have an idea. Let Angie Niska from Rise Nutrition help you out. You can get a free wellness profile by clicking the link in the show notes of this episode. And you can find her on Facebook at Rise Menominee. That's Rise with a Z, Rise Menominee. Hey everyone, how are you doing today? My name is Matt Kinzera and I am so happy to be with you today to do some more chatting about the holidays. We are in December 2021 right now and as promised, what we're going to do this month with the podcast is we're going to try to look at the Christmas story with a little bit of a different lens. The truth is that most of the people that listen to this podcast, not all of you, but most of you I know are in this space where you're thinking, okay, like things aren't as they used to be. <laughs> I was, this part of the year used to be so normalized for me because I had this, this church part that just made a ton of sense that I just always did with my community. And many of us are in that place where either we're struggling with our community or we've left that community. And a lot of us too are just kind of rethinking our faith and we're rethinking, you know, even how to think about big holidays like Christmas, for example. And so what we're going to do this month is just look at some pieces of the Christmas story and just try to, again, just look at them with a fresh lens and see what comes out of it. So what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about the shepherds. Now, before you turn this podcast off and turn to your other favorite Christmas podcast, I want you to hang with me because I know you're thinking, oh, I've heard about the shepherds a million times. Yes, you have. I think I think I might have something that you haven't heard about. So just stick in there because... I think, I think we might have some fresh perspective here. Now, one of the things that many of us have been frustrated about is that we came from kind of this tradition where there's this educated person up front of us in a religious setting that tells us how we're supposed to think. And many of us are like, hey, we're adults. We can think for ourselves. And so what I'm not going to do today is I'm not going to say this is how we need to look at the shepherds. I have no interest in that at all. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a few different perspectives of how we can look at the shepherds. And then you just take that and run with it. You just take it and do what you need to do with it, okay? Is that fair enough? This shepherd thing for me, I'm telling you, it's got some roots. It's got some deep roots because as I've shared a bazillion times on this podcast, I grew up Catholic. I went to Immaculate Conception Church, which is it's Christmassy, right? Immaculate Conception, that's Christmas. And I also went to grade school at the Catholic school connected to the church. So my grade school was the Immaculate Conception School. <laughs> that's a mouthful for a grade schooler. And of course... When you go to a school that's connected to your church, when it's Christmas time, you do a Christmas play, right? And I like to think that I got to live out the Charlie Brown Christmas play like every year because you know how the whole Charlie Brown Christmas special is all centered around the Christmas play that they put on? Well, that's what we did at our school. Our whole Christmas season was centered around the Christmas play that we were going to put on. Now, Every year, they would cast roles. So somebody would be Mary, somebody would be Joseph, somebody would be the angels, somebody would be the shepherds. We all know that the key role for a guy is to be Joseph. I'm not going to lie. I, I, felt like, I felt like I should have been Joseph. Now, as I grew up, 
and you can't see me because this is audio, right? But when I grew up, I, in my younger years, I used to have long hair and I used to have like a goatee and everybody would always joke and they would say, you look like Jesus. Now, <laughs> I'm as white as can be. So I obviously didn't actually look like Jesus, but I looked like people's idea of Americanized version of Jesus. Being that that's the case, I could make a, a pretty good argument that I should have been Joseph because if I looked like Jesus, well, I would assume Jesus looked somewhat like his dad. And so if I look like Jesus, then I would also look a bit like his dad. So I should have been obviously cast in the role of Joseph, which I'm sure you can guess by this point, I was not. I was not. I was passed over for my best friend, Matt Camp, some best friend. He should have, when he got that role, he should have said, hey, no. I'm not going to take this role. My best friend, Matt Kinzera, he should be Joseph. The dude looks like Jesus. No such luck. So Matt Camp was Joseph. So that left a myriad of different options for me. And I got cast in the role of a shepherd. Obviously, based on this podcast, you knew that was, you knew that was coming, right? So I was cast in the role of a shepherd. And I think, I don't know, maybe, maybe this is just me making this up in my head, but I think... I think my dad also realized that I should have been Joseph. And so one of the things that you had to do as a shepherd is that, that you know, the, the, the school would give you the costume. They would give you the, the thing to put over your head and the whatever, the robe, the whole nine yards. But you had to come up with your own staff because shepherds, they have staffs, you know, like basically like walking sticks is what they look like. And so I let my dad know. I said, Dad, I need a, I need a staff. And like my dad went to work, like he was going to make the best staff ever in the history of staffs being made. I don't know what kind of access he had at his workplace, but he took a piece of wood and he turned it into a piece of art because I think he knew that I was supposed to be Joseph. Like it was my destiny. And since the crazy teachers at the church didn't see my destiny, my dad wanted to make sure that I was still the star of the show because Joseph is kind of the star of the show because Jesus is just like a doll, right? So Joseph and Mary are the stars of the show. But my dad's like, hey, if you're not going to cast my son as Joseph, I'm going to make sure people notice him. So there I was, no lines or anything, just standing there with this epic shepherd staff. And let me tell you, after the play was over, people weren't talking about how awesome Joseph sat there. People weren't talking about how good of a job Matt Camp did at playing Joseph. You want to know what they're talking about? They were talking about how amazing Shepherd Matt's staff was. That's what they were talking about. It was like a thing of legend for years to come. So I have a great affinity for the shepherds because when I got to play one, I played it the best because I had the best staff. So when we talk about the shepherds, I'm pretty excited about it because I think they're amazing. Now, as I mentioned, I got to live out the Christmas story in real life every single year because we got to put on this play. And the part of the Christmas story in the Bible that we all recognize is the part that comes out because Linus comes out, you know, with his blankie in the whole nine yards. The whole play stops. Linus comes out. The, the spotlight shines on him. And he reads the story that involves the shepherds coming. And so here it is. I'll read it to you so that you can enjoy it. It's not as good as when Linus does it. He's got a way cooler voice for this than I do. So I'll add some sweet jazz background music to help.
those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And everyone went to their town to register. So Joseph also went up to the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child, which is scandalous, by the way. That's not in there. That's just my two cents. While they were there, there came a time for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds, here's where they come, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. Now let me start with the piece of this story that probably most of us have heard the most. That part is we look at the shepherds and we view them as kind of ordinary shepherds in this culture. Ordinary shepherds in the culture surrounding Bethlehem would just be kind of bottom of the hierarchy, mostly low income, if not poor, people out on the hillsides, quite a ways away from the city, tending sheep. They were not the ones that young people looked up to and said, yes, that is what I want to do when I get older. So again, representing the poor, the outcast, and the lowly. And so this is the story we've heard over and over, and it's a good story. That story is that the angels appear to the poor and the lowly, and they announce the birth of Jesus. And the first people outside of Mary and Joseph to get to experience and see Jesus are the poor, the lowly, and the outcasts. That's a great story. Now, historically speaking, I'm not confident that that is the right story, but let's throw that out a little bit because we spend way too much time worrying about being historically accurate with some of this stuff that we miss the whole point of the story. The point is not whether it's historically accurate. The point is, do we learn something from it? Does it make us more loving? Does it make us more centered? Does it make us more whole? And when we look at this idea of the shepherd, when we look at the shepherd as the poor, lowly outcast, and that that's the person that gets to see Jesus first, and that's the person who Jesus is announced to first, what I like to do with this part of the story is just put myself, just like what I did when I was in that play at Immaculate Conception School, put myself in the role of the shepherd. I'm the shepherd. Like, I'm the poor, I'm the lowly, I'm the outcast. Because if we're all, like, completely honest with ourselves, all of us feel some of that. All of us feel unworthy. All of us feel unlovable. All of us feel lacking. All of us feel beat down. All of us feel hurt. 
And so when, when I read this story about the shepherds and Jesus' birth, and I read it through that narrative, what I can hear and what I can experience from reading it is that Jesus came for me. Like Jesus came for me and not me like that good part that I try to portray to this world. Not me, that part that tries to let everybody know how successful or how good or how talented I am. Not that part of me. The shepherd represents the part of me that I try really hard for people not to see. And that Jesus comes for me and my hurt. Jesus comes for me and my lowliness. Jesus comes for me and my feelings of worthlessness. I'm the shepherd. We are the shepherds. And so the angels came to the shepherds because Jesus came for us. And we all can relate to that part of the story. Okay, here's where I think it gets exciting. Because now we are going to look at this in some, what I believe to be pretty accurate historical context when we're looking at the shepherds. We often hear that these were just ordinary, random shepherds off on a hillside somewhere. Maybe they were, maybe they weren't. I don't think they were. I think a more historically accurate way to look at this is to see those shepherds as I think they really were, which were, they were temple shepherds. The temple was a place where one of the primary things that happened was there was sacrificing of animals. That's a whole nother series of podcasts that we should probably do about the sacrificial system of ancient Jewish faith. But anyway, at this point in history, that's a big part of what the temple was used for. And the temple was specifically around holidays and around festivals used to sacrifice unblemished animals. So the animals that were most highly regarded were the sheep that had no blemishes or as few blemishes as possible, right? And the sacrificial system was for everyone. If you were poor, you could bring a bird in. And if you were rich, you could bring other things in. And there was all sorts of different ways that you did sacrifices. But I'm telling you, like the most important sacrifice was this unblemished lamb this unblemished sheep. And so these shepherds, these temple shepherds, they were not necessarily these poor, lowly outcasts. They were people working for the temple. Some would argue that they were even priests who were working for the temple. And their role was to protect the sheep, specifically protect the unblemished sheep. And so this is a different kind of shepherd. This isn't the low person on the hierarchy anymore. These are actually people that are at least middle class, if not higher, and they're performing some roles that are assigned to them because of their work at the temple. And they have this really prestigious role of protecting and guarding the sacrificial lamb. Hmm. So if we take this and we look at it and we say, well, did the angel come and appear to the temple shepherd who is protecting these sheep who were going to be used as unblemished sacrifices during Jewish festivals. So did the angel appear to that shepherd first or those shepherds first? And was that the announcement of Jesus that was being made? Now, again, historically speaking, these shepherds would have been a lot closer to town. So even from a practical standpoint, it would make more sense. These shepherds would have been outside of Bethlehem, almost certainly. 
And so there's definitely, and, and when you dig through some of the other Old Testament scriptures surrounding this, and even some of the New Testament scriptures surrounding this, there's a pretty solid argument that these are the types of shepherds that we're talking about. So then if this is the announcement that was made to the temple shepherds, then how do we look at this? Well, I mean, it makes sense, right? These shepherds are spending their entire livelihood protecting, they're doing the work to protect the sacrifice that's going to be brought to the temple. That sacrifice represents our sins being forgiven, right? The Jewish people, it represents sins being forgiven. So there's all this work, all this work and protection and time and staying up through the night, all of these things that these, these shepherds have to do to protect the sacrifice that's going to cleanse us of our sins. And those shepherds get the announcement from the angel. They get to go see Jesus, and I'm assuming they got it. I'm assuming they got it based on what the angel said and based on what they experienced. They got that they were out of a job. They understood, I'm assuming, in that moment, and even if they didn't understand it, like we can look at it and we can understand, hey, what does this represent? This represents that we can stop trying. We can stop trying to earn God's favor. We can stop doing all of this work, protecting ourselves, protecting our image, protecting our ego, whatever it is that we're trying to do, trying to earn God's love over our life. We can just stop that. Jesus represents that we can stop trying so hard, that God accepts us as we are, period. And I know in my life, I've spent so much of my life trying to gain God's favor. You know, I always, when I was a little kid, I used to think, well, how can I do more good things than bad? I really had that idea of like a scale in my mind all the time. And when I'd go to confession in my Catholic church, I remember thinking, did I do enough good things? Did I do more good things than bad things? Thinking in my mind, well, that means that God accepts me. And then as I grew up, I remember thinking, okay, it's still Catholic. I was like, okay, I'm going to say my rosary before bed every night. And I did pretty much every night I'd say my rosary for before bed. That's as like a young teenager. I mean, it's a little nuts. I was a little off my rocker for sure. But then I, you know, got to college and got into the evangelical circles and things like that. And then it transformed into kind of a different way of thinking. Like, was I going to church enough? Was I reading my Bible enough? Was I praying in the right way? Was I going to my small group? Was I getting up to do my quiet? Like there was all these things where it's like, okay, if I do these things, like it's going to be better. If I do these things, I'm going to have more favor with God. And I'm not necessarily saying like the people up front, the pastors and the priests, I'm not even saying that this is the message that they were giving. This is just what I was taking from whatever I was hearing and learning that I somehow Somehow there was a direct connection to the way I live and what I did to God loving me. And viewing the shepherds as the temple shepherds, learning that no longer did they have to do all this work for their sins to be forgiven. Like we can learn so much from that. We can learn that we can stop worrying about being accepted by God because we just are accepted by God because of Jesus. Jesus represents that acceptance. And that because of Jesus part, you can view in however you want. But in some way, shape, or form, we learn from Jesus and we're accepted and we don't have to work so hard at it. Should we do things in this world to be whole and healthy? I think probably that's wise. But do we need to do those things to gain God's favor? Nope. I don't think so. I don't even think that makes any sense in light of Jesus being born into this world. And so when we look at the angels coming to the temple shepherds and announcing that Jesus was here, and they understand through that 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 means that they don't any longer have to do that work. We don't either. We can stop trying so hard 
and we can just accept that we are accepted. The final way that I want to propose that we can look at these shepherds is that among the temple shepherds, there was one shepherd, and I'm going to use this word just so we understand a distinction. We have this one shepherd who, is a, who, who was a priest, and so we'll call him the priestly shepherd, right? So maybe they all were priests. For sure this one was a priest, and he would actually watch over the flocks from a tower. So there was a tower constructed in the fields where the sheep were, and there were shepherds in those fields watching over the sheep. But then there was this, this priestly shepherd who would be in this tower watching over the sheep. And in this situation, watching over the sheep by night, right? Because that's the part of the story that we understand. And so when we think of that shepherd, which may even more specifically like get into what we're talking about here, like that shepherd is watching kind of from above everything that's going on below him. But I want to dig into this a little bit more because that tower that that priestly shepherd would be in watching over the flocks was also the place where the lambs would be born into this world. It was also like the birthing center. And so this priestly shepherd's watching over the sheep and he's also watching over the lambs being born, that ewes being born into this world. And so there was a role that that person played, that that shepherd played, that was a birthing role, that was a bringing newness into this world role. So now take it from that shepherd's perspective. These angels come and they announce that there's this baby that was just born into this world. And so this shepherd's thinking, I'm watching over these priestly flocks. I'm watching over these temple sheep. And I'm also watching over the new sacrificial lambs being born into this world. You see where I'm going here, right? And then he's told to go and see this baby Jesus who's in a manger, who's in a cave. And he goes and he sees this baby. And, and this shepherd would have understood that this true sacrifice, again, however you want to look at sacrificing in, in the scope of Jesus, which we can cover that when we get closer to Easter, we'll cover more of that, right? But when we think about it, we have this, this priestly shepherd that understands birthing a sacrificial being into this world. And he goes to see Jesus, understanding that that is the birth of the sacrificial being into our world. And so more specifically, we can talk about, well, how do we want to look at this and how do we want to see this in our own life? Most of us can think back to a time when, when like Jesus some way, shape or form became real to us. And I know for me that happened at a very, very young age. And for some of you, maybe it happened in adulthood, but there was this moment where you realized the importance of the life of Jesus and the birth of Jesus and the death of Jesus on some level. And you realize that to you, that represented something beautiful. And when you discovered that about yourself and when you discovered that about Jesus, like there was something new that birthed in you. Like there was a newness that came about in you. There was this fresh perspective on yourself and on your life and on the world and on eternity and on faith, right? There's like this new birth that came into your life. Now, so many of us had an experience like that earlier on in our life, and then we went through a, a lot of hardship in regard to faith and religion. And I know a lot of you can relate, as I can as well, that 
you know, we had these beautiful, pure, lovely moments at some point in our life. And then when that kind of got formalized, in my case, when I worked for churches, even, and I know a lot of you probably have as well, and then that's when, that's when some disappointments happened. That's when some hurts happened. That's when some things went down that have led you to the place that you're at now, where either maybe you go to church, but you're really struggling to be there, or maybe you're the person that doesn't go to church anymore because you just can't for whatever reason, you just can't do it because there's so much hurt and so much struggle and so much uh, disappointment with the church. And so what I want you to do as we think about this version of the shepherd in the tower, understanding that Jesus represents the, the sacrificial birth into this world in some ways, I just like clear away some of that hurt and hardship. And this is just a beautiful time to remember the birth that we experienced when we first started having any sort of understanding of Jesus. But let's not just leave it there. Let's not just leave it as a memory because I know in my life that mm, on a pretty regular basis, I, I wake up needing a rebirth in my life. Like I wake up realizing my struggle, realizing my hurt, realizing my pain, realizing my guilt and my shame and my my inability to be everything I dream of being, you know, like so many things. So, so often I wake up and I need, I need, I need a birth of a savior in some way, shape or form. And that might look different every single day. But when we think about the shepherd in this lens, we can be reminded that to this shepherd, Jesus represented a new birth. And that's not a birth that we need once. There's this one beautiful place in the Bible that I never understood for so long where it said that we're to work out our salvation daily. Paul actually said it. Man, do I understand that today. Because I feel like I wake up every day needing to, to work this out, needing to understand that I need a, a rebirth in my life. Not once. <laughs> I don't need to be reborn once. I need to be reborn every single day. And some days are easier than others. But Jesus can represent that new birth every single day in some way, in some shape, in some form. So there we go. Just kind of a fresh, hopefully, perspective on my people. If we look at the shepherds as the poor and lowly, we can relate and say, that's me. Like, I'm the worthless. I'm the poor. I'm the bottom of the totem pole. The fact that I get access to Jesus, the fact that I get access to God, that's how I relate to the shepherds. Or if we want to look at it through the lens of like the temple shepherds and understanding that they no longer have to do this work. They no longer have to work so hard for the acceptance of God that they're just accepted because they're accepted. And so many of us need that, right? On a regular basis, like we need to be reminded that we don't need to work to get God's love. We can just have it, period. Or maybe we want to take the lens of the, the priestly shepherd in the tower, understanding that as a person that oversees the birth of sacrificial beings, that that's what Jesus represents. And we can look at the shepherds and just remember that every day we need that birth of a savior. And that might look different every single day, but we need it in some way, shape, or form. So there's a few ways that we can look at the shepherds. I hope that's meaningful to you as we go through Christmas. And I hope that that 
at least one of those views resonated with you and was something that you needed to hear today. I know as I've been preparing for this and even now as I'm recording it, I'm like, man, I need I need all three of those shepherds. <laughs> I need that poor lowly shepherd. I need the temple shepherd and I need the priestly shepherd. I see myself in every single one of them. Absolutely, without a doubt. And what a beautiful thing that we can learn from the story of Jesus coming into the world. And in the fact that in this story, the shepherds were the first ones that got to experience Jesus here on this earth other than Mary and Joseph. All right. I hope this podcast finds you well. I hope that this Christmas season is off to a good start for you. May you find yourself in the story of the shepherds.